Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my friends, wherever you are. This is Michael, and you are listening to Empathy And. Uh, It's been a hot minute since I've been able to do an episode for you. Uh, I know I've mentioned it on the Facebook page for those of you who are there, but I was pretty sick for a number of days last week, and that kind of put me down. But I am back, and feeling great, thankfully, very, very thankfully, and had some thoughts uh, about a little bit about what's going on um, in response to a question that a friend of mine posted on the Facebook page, but some additional kind of uh, kind of follow-ups uh, to that as well. So today we are going to uh, name this Empathy and the Other. Empathy is a superpower, and you have it. It is the energy of human connection. It's biological, sociological, and spiritual in nature, and it is something that we are hardwired for. Empathy is the key to deep, meaningful, and thriving relationships. Welcome to the conversation. This is Empathy And. So my friend Ursula posted something on the Facebook page, um, actually a little bit more than a week ago, and I um, wanted to read that to you guys and respond to it in an episode. And um, I actually love this idea, uh, and I'm still a little bit kind of behind on the technology in order to actually have conversations with people and be able to record it. I know (laughs) Zoom, of course, which everybody is using, I think um, should be able to fix that. I just honestly have not tested it yet. So back on March 25th, she posted this to the Empathy and uh, Community Facebook page. And rather than me reading it, I'm actually going to let her speak for herself. So, I've been unable to sleep for days. I'm not feeling anxious in myself, but I think I am absorbing the fear and anxiety of the people in the world, and it's filling my own body with tension and sleeplessness. It's a strange dichotomy of peace in myself alongside carrying the anxiety of those in the collective. Today, I plan to spend time meditating and sending calm energy out into the world and building my own sort of shield. I'm curious whether others are experiencing the same thing. So she says a couple really very poignant and great things here that I want to highlight. One, 
that we do identify where our emotions are placed. She says, not feeling anxious in myself, but that she's absorbing fear and anxiety of the people around her. And I think that's important to uh, to talk about a little bit, because as we not only discuss um, how empathy works, but we also realize that there is kind of this parallel experience of, pe- of people that would call themselves empaths, that there's this constant tension, there's this constant tug of war between am I feeling my feelings or am I picking up on the feelings of people around me? Now, the one thing that I will say that has been helpful to me over the last number of years to identify where the source of the emotion or the anxiety or the feeling comes from is a practice of grounding. Now, this many people might kind of take this in a very esoteric um, kind of place, and maybe this this is a little bit esoteric, but for myself, for my own purposes, when I talk about grounding, I'm talking about being present, being fully present, not just spatially, but emotionally, um, um, psychologically, understanding that where you are, who you are, what you are feeling is your own. And the more that you're able to do this, be fully present, be fully grounded where you are, the easier it becomes to discern whether or not the feelings that you're feeling or the emotions that you're experiencing are coming from within or are um, invading externally. And honestly, invading is probably a poor use of words because as empathetic people, in many ways, we, we welcome that. We want to be able to uh, understand that. That leads us into curiosity. That leads us into learning more about the people around us. So it's not a negative thing necessarily, but it is a little bit of, I guess you could call it spiritual hygiene. Um, understanding where you end and where somebody else begins. It's incredibly important as we navigate a time in which there is a lot of collective anxiety. The other thing that I wanted to mention about this is to ensure, and I understand there might be a lot of gray area here, but um, I wanted to open this up to this idea that we want to be discerning and understanding whether or not we are soaking in the energy of information or we are opening up our perspective to soak in the energy of the afflicted. Now, in many ways, especially with the news cycle and what we see on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, almost all of it ends up information. And information, I I am not a news denier. I am not a science denier. I think most of y'all that have listened to this podcast for a while understand that. But what we cognitively do with information doesn't 
always add up to truth. Now that the the, the fault lies not on you know in, in one camp or the other, it's honestly most likely in the middle, right? What we see on the news, I trust is being done honestly, but how we take that information and then put it through the spin cycle of our brain and and what our own experiences and anxieties turn that news into ends up um, exacerbating very likely uh, the issue. Now, I am not diminishing at all the severity of what's going on right now with COVID-19. That is not my intention. The point that I am trying to make here is to understand that as we're attempting to discern whether or not the emotion is coming internally, our own feelings, or externally, that we're attributing that properly and we're also giving it its proper um, power or place. Emotions are great teachers. I think I said this pretty recently. Emotions are great teachers. We need to go through them in order to learn what they have to teach us. Emotions and the feelings that come after are not great leaders. We don't necessarily want that to be what leads us. It needs to be a collection, an amalgamation of instinct and rationality and wisdom from others. It, it, it needs to it needs to be in that kind of collective understanding that gives us very likely the best information that we can go off of. I hope that makes sense. Um, I've always been somebody to to say that we unfortunately we diminish our instinct, and I think that is absolutely true. But it does not mean that we let our instinct completely take over. We need to allow for our rational brain and the wisdom of others and and news and and the science that's coming out and all of that. We need to allow for a full picture. We can't let the emotionality of what we think drive our decisions. Because unfortunately, what happens then, and I don't, I don't want to make this, you know, a a you know a hot topic uh, session here, but what happens then is then you get church leaders in Louisiana and Florida that are still telling people to come to church because their emotion, their feeling, tells them that they are right and they're not listening to the science and to the news and to the people that are honestly in charge. That's an unfortunate reality that we come into. The idea that what we feel has to be balanced with rationality. Um, But that rationality isn't always completely uh, on our own shoulders. We need to circle ourselves with wisdom and experience of people around us. Um, So I I understand that that probably opens up a lot of other 
challenges with tribalism. Who are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? I get it. This is not an easy <laughs> topic to broker here. I, I completely get it. Um, what I hope you guys are understanding is that one, you're not alone. Two, the feelings that you're that you're experiencing from the people around you are real feelings, but they still need to be measured against um, rationality and against the science that's coming out and just trying to take the whole picture. So I could probably go further uh, on with that, but I will stop that particular subject right there. And what I do want to come back to is this idea of spiritual bypass. And I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I um, want to make sure that we're clear what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual bypass. And that is that, it, that that's this concept of when hard things happen, when we experience emotions that are difficult, maybe even traumatic, the objective is to, as I said earlier, learn from them. And the only way to learn from them is to allow them to teach us in some way. And in order to teach us, we have to let them affect us. Teachers are very impactful when they are allowed to affect the learning behavior of the student. Emotions, consequently, can be incredible teachers, but we have to let them affect how we learn. I hope you're getting what I'm putting down here. Because when hard things happen, even trauma, and I understand that there's a lot of nuance around how we deal with trauma, but when hard things happen, we need to consider it. We need to learn from it. We need to be able to um, inspect it and truly understand what's going on. A lot of it is being able to name the emotion that we are experiencing. How do we do that? We recognize the physical embodiment of that emotion. A lot of us know physically what it means to be embarrassed, that flushed feeling, right? That, that, that feeling that you kind of want to ball up a little bit. Many of us understand what the physical embodiment of anger is. That agitated, uh, your muscles kind of twitch and you kind of pull together and your muscles bound up and you get hot. Isn't that a different heat than embarrass, than embarrassment? Think about it. Think about the last time you were embarrassed versus the last time you were angry. Think about how you felt, about how, about how it physically manifested in you. Those two things are wildly different, but yet they still affect us physically. 
So a lot of what I am talking about when I am talking about spiritual bypass is truly making uh, a note and, and, and understanding what the feeling is that you are experiencing and then naming it and then trying as best as you can to be objective about it. Maybe that requires, you know, reaching out and asking for some help, getting another party involved. We have to allow ourselves to go through this in order to learn from this. So what does that really mean? And think about it from this way, as far as how we deal with others empathetically. Maybe there's not a silver lining right now. Maybe there's not, yes, we know that this is horrible, but look at all this alone time that we have to meditate. Y'all, that literally is spiritual bypassing. If you can't kind of separate yourself from what you should be feeling rather than what you are actually feeling, I imagine you are probably doing a little bit of spiritual bypassing. And I would encourage you to utilize your incredible empathic power to look at this from other people's perspectives and to allow yourselves to feel what they are feeling so that you can learn from it. Y'all, empathy is not weakness. Empathy is, is not failure. Empathy is a way of learning, and it's an incredibly powerful way of learning. And it's only when we allow ourselves to learn from others in this empathic exchange that we then see this energy that's created, this, like I said, this power that's available to us through the work of empathy. The last thing that I'll say, and then I'm going to end here, I'm, um, I'm actually a little surprised that I'm almost to 18 minutes at this point. <laughs> um, the way that we treat others, empathy and the other, the way that we treat others affects how we ourselves allow ourselves to be treated. And I want you to think about it in this way, and this is how I'll end. Relationships are not transactional. If you see your relationships as some sort of um, exchange in commodity, I would challenge you that we could do better. So what do I mean by that? As we look at the impact of the pandemic on our economy, there's been a conversation about whether or not the actual dollars and cents and transactional nature of the financial systems in our and of our economy, there's been a little bit of a balance of needing to get that up and going versus not really paying perhaps too much attention to the folks that are immunocompromised um, 
kids and adults with asthma. I mean, there is a real life and death uh, scenario playing out right now. And the idea that we could look at others as some sort of transactional exchange or collateral damage and allow for deaths to occur because, oh, well, it's the flu takes X amount of people every year. Y'all, these are people we are talking about, not widgets. And I would hope that we can set that transactional relationship aside for a relational one. We are all in this together. We are all connected. This virus, if anything, is proving that even more, how connected we are because of how quickly it has advanced. Let's treat each other well. Let's love each other better. Let's see each other. Engage in empathy with people that don't look like you, pray like you, or live where you live. I challenge you today. I challenge you to not other the people around you, the elderly, the young, the disenfranchised, the marginalized. It's very easy to other people in a time of isolation. I'm literally sitting in a four-bedroom house in Leander, Texas, by myself right now. Y'all, I would rather be around other people, but I can't. It's very easy to other others when we are isolated. And I challenge you and I pray that you break through that that you take some time to call or Zoom or FaceTime somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, that you pick up your eyes and look at others when you are out and about safely distance at six feet or more, make eye contact, smile, and ask people, how are you doing? Don't keep your head down. Don't minimize that opportunity for engagement and empathy. Keep your head up, keep your eyes forward, and look at the people around you. We are connected. There is no other. Peace, y'all. Love you. If you would like to be included in a future episode with your question or comment, please reach out to me on the Facebook page. You can find that link in the show notes. You can also find a link to the Patreon page where for as little as $5 a month, you can help me produce this podcast and get more people included. Thanks for considering y'all.